Hello and welcome to the Modern Casanova podcast with me, Troy Francis. This is episode 43, coming to you from Eastern Europe and very exciting episode today because I have a very special surprise guest with me. Uh, He's a guy who I've known online for a number of of years. We've just met up recently and um, managed finally to organize doing this podcast. It's been a little while, hasn't it, to to get around to it. Uh, But he is a very well-known man in the entrepreneur space online. He's uh, the author of several books, including King's Code. He has a website called This Is Trouble, which uh, you guys will probably know. Uh, He has a podcast called The Dating Abroad Show. And he is an all-round superstar in terms of online business, uh, affiliate uh, marketing, niche sites, so on and so forth. It is Mr. Carl Trouble. Hello, Carl. That's a lot to live up to right there. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite an intro. How did you feel about that intro? It's a whole minute long there. It's just flattering me. Did that that cover everything, do you think? Just about. Yeah? Yeah, Just about, yeah. Awesome stuff. No, I realized too that like... Yeah, we've both been writing at ROK now, and I've been on and off by like over five years. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it? it's a long time, and I mean, we um, obviously got in contact several years ago, and then you gave me a lot of help with my website mm-hmm. um, over a year ago, which, um, you know, I'm really grateful for the, for the help that you gave me, and the site, you know, looks fantastic ever since we, you know, we did that work on it together. Yeah. So ever since then, we've really been meaning to, to get this podcast down, and um I was keen to talk to you anyway because now it's actually your five years into sort of you know blogging the online mm-hmm. space, isn't it? Yeah. No, it wasn't really a business for a long time. It was just a matter of it was a hobby. You know, the first two years, and then I started making a little bit of money, but it was so small. I mean, we're talking a couple hundred dollars a month, and it wasn't until about two years ago when I quit my corporate job that I said, "All right, this is going to become a business." And thankfully, I didn't fall flat on my face and. Well, we, you know, we're sitting here now in my apartment recording this, so it's, it's turned out pretty well, but it definitely was not something that I took serious for quite a few years, and I think you were probably in the same boat, too. It was just a hobby, yeah. and then it's kind of that hobby that turns into a business, and sometimes that yeah. works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's interesting how that sort of transitions, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, for me, it, it's probably a similar sort of journey in a sense, because for me, it started off as just writing a few articles, and then it became... I can see how an audience is building here, mm-hmm. and then it became, okay, so how do I take this this further? But mm-hmm. in terms of, let's talk about blogging um, to start off, because obviously online business has many different strands, but let's, if we look at blogging as a specific entity, you said that your first blog article was advice to a female friend back in July 2013. Mm-hmm. So what was it, why was it, why blogging in the first place? What gave you the idea to sort of get into that? Honestly, I was like really just bitter and upset at the world because I had just <laughs> figured out like the red pill and realized that pretty much everything I'd ever been told in my life was just a crock of shit, to be honest. So that's yeah. how it originally started was the web address was like this blog will get me in trouble.wordpress.com with the idea that I get my exactly yeah. <laughs> if my mom or my sister ever found it it would get me into a lot of trouble. And yeah. of course, now I'm at the point where if they found it, I don't I would not even give a shit, but it was just my way to just regurgitate my thoughts on the world and what I thought was like wrong with me and wrong with the world out there and it was somewhat anonymous for a long time and um, yeah. that's really how it started and so I think that first post it was kind of a rant towards like okay here's these like 21 year old girls that you know haven't really had to do anything in their life and here's me yeah. like I'm fighting for every piece and it was just I think a, a frustration and a rant like okay girls you're about to screw it all up you've been going to college and you've just been partying and sleeping with hundreds of guys or whatever it might be and 
you better get a hold of it. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why that was my first post, but I must yeah. been how I felt yeah. that moment. And of course, the uh, things continue apace, don't they? Because I saw your email from the other day where you were talking about the guy who got a or the guy who paid a girl's parking ticket. Oh God, yeah, on that Tinder. Guy. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. Well, yeah, there was that like Venmo epidemic. I say epidemic, but that all those girls that were just putting like, hey, you know, PayPal me or Venmo me five dollars and I'll talk to you. And they were mm. making like hundreds of dollars from these mm. guys. So. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, in terms of the work stuff then, so you made this, this massive shift in your life, which is similar, I guess, to the one that I've made and many other people mm-hmm. in this space have, have made, which is going from the corporation to being self-employed and being a sort of entrepreneur and working on your own and working largely for yourself, working entirely for yourself, but working largely alone, and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of subcontracting out to, to, to pe- people on a part-time basis. But... In your job, you were pretty successful, weren't you? In the sense that you were pulling in, I believe you were pulling in about six figures. Close to six were, figures, yeah. You are getting close to that. And you were young as well. You were, what, 21, 22? Yeah. So it's, it's very fashionable for all of us in this sphere to sort of shit on corporate jobs and say you've got to get out and blah, blah, blah. But And I would stand by that. But then on the other side of it, if you're making decent money... It's not impossible to save. It's not impossible to start to buy assets, to buy mm-hmm. property, and generate some wealth that way. Did, so do you ever regret jumping ship when you did? And have you got any thoughts to, to speak to that? No, I don't. I don't have any regrets. I think I actually I did it at the right time. So it's, it's pretty trendy now to say you shouldn't go to college. You shouldn't get a corporate job. You know, Build mm. your brand. Make, be an online entrepreneur. But the fact of the matter is not everybody's cut out to do that. Yeah. And to a certain extent, that being in there and going through that will motivate you not to go back. So I know personally that having grown up in a half Asian household where, you know, I have family that are PhDs, very successful, school education is big, I never would have been able to skip college and been able to deal with that fallout when I was 18. I just wouldn't have. I didn't have the guts to do it. Um, So being going through college and then doing the corporate job gave me enough motivation to know I never want to go back. And I was in there long enough that I know that. And I can say with facts that I didn't miss out personally on anything. Um, And with that being said, you said, you know, you can save money, you can buy assets, create some wealth. But I don't know, maybe in Europe, it's a little bit different because I think the education and, you know, college people pay for it with their taxes doesn't come out of pocket. But, you know, I was living in California. And when I was living in LA and making six figures, it's not like I was comfortable because I was spending close to half of my income on my rent alone. And then you factor yeah. in a car payment, factor in insurance, you factor in just basic necessities. And I mean, I was taking home roughly $4,500 a month and I was spending two of it on rent, yeah. spending almost a thousand more on basic stuff I needed. So I really didn't have much of an opportunity to get ahead. And I don't really think, you know, if you're on those coastal cities in the U.S., I think it's it's pretty hard to do that unless you're living like in the Midwest where it is a little bit more affordable. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I was, I suppose I was giving a hypothetical kind of best case yeah, scenario yeah. really because the reality is, I mean, particularly somewhere like London, which is where I'm from, um, it's, it's, be it's, hard. it's very, very hard because rent is so expensive. And the reality is, you know, if you're in a corporate job and you're busting your ass, you know, 10, 12 hours a day or whatever it is, it's very hard. It takes a very, very disciplined person to say, right, okay, I'm now going to go home. I'm not going to go out with my friends. I'm not going to let loose. I'm going to go home and crush it for another six hours. You yeah. know, And that's sort of what I was trying to do in the last couple of years. Um, and it's, it's doable, but it's, it's, it's not hard. easy. It's, and you know what? I really didn't even do that. Because like, yeah. I was making just enough, but I was able to save enough money that if I 
when I quit, I knew I had about a year and a half where if I didn't make a penny, I could survive. But I didn't really start going all in because I never had the energy to after yeah. those corporate jobs. Like, it was a grind. I mean, I, I wrote my first book at my work, actually, in Gmail, like just mm. drafts. But other than that, like, I rarely had the energy to go home and do it. It it's, was almost impossible. Yeah, it's really, really hard. I mean, those jobs really suck the sort of the life energy out of you in yeah. a way. And you're giving so much to the other you know, to, to basically to build someone else's dream, but you're giving so much to that company that then to keep a little bit for yourself is really it's tough. Impossible, and that's the thing—you don't even work eight hours a day there. Yeah. You spend like five of them trying to look busy. You work yeah. maybe three, um, but you still don't have it. It's that commute. It's the the fluorescent lights. It's everything involved with it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I don't know if you going off uh, off script a little bit here, but I have been talking a lot recently about AI and the fact that because the thing is we've got this idea or the old the old idea was that those jobs were safe so it was like right this is the safe way of doing it so do that build your 401k or whatever it is um, you know buy your house etc etc but it seems to me now that you can't even say that those jobs are safe anymore and particularly with automation coming in and yeah so would you, can you speak to that at all is that something that you would yeah recognize? i mean actually probably the best example is that my father just last month lost his job he'd been there 25 years and he actually really? just accepted a new offer last week but that was like the perfect example of he'd been there forever since i since i was born i'm 26 yeah. um since i remember and he lost his job and he was just like i can't believe this like i thought i was going to retire there and i think you are going to see this white collar stuff you know all the blue collar stuff went out of fancy you know no one wants to be a plumber electrician a welder none of those things as of now can really be fully automated but as everybody shifted to these white collar jobs yeah i mean you even see it not even with AI, the fact that you can hire someone from India for like a yeah. dollar an hour to do almost anything technical online now. Um, so that's a perfect example of it. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's very challenged. So, but then like you say, the difficulty is that then not everyone is necessarily cut out to become, you know, to, 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 yeah. <laughs> to build their personal brand mm -hmm. and, you know, become a G and all, all of that. Um, so you moved away from the States, which is obviously, we were talking about this when we met up yesterday. This mm -hmm. is obviously a massive thing. now. For me, the digital nomad lifestyle, by which we mean moving to different locations in order to, I suppose, what you know, to have life experiences, but also to take advantage of the lower cost that you get elsewhere. To me, it seems to have pluses and minuses. Mm -hmm. And we talked about some of the minuses that I'd experienced yesterday. But for you, how did you find it adjusting? You, you told me that you found it relatively smooth to adjust, even coming from the States to Eastern Europe. Yeah, I think I was just so sick of everything in the States. Um, but the first few months, all I really did was, I didn't really work. All I did was just go eat out and drink and party and go on dates with girls. And so I think that made the transition a little bit smoother. And then I started taking things a little more seriously. Um, but I've never really had too much homesickness like yeah. certainly there's things out here that drive me nuts like the way that people are just kind of slow and lethargic i mean don't get me wrong there's days i definitely am like i wish i was back in the states but it's very rare that i actually have ever had a desire to move back for whatever reason it was mm. a, a pretty easy transition for me and it's probably helped that I, I did pick a permanent spot and I did start building up a base. I didn't travel month to month, country to country for years on end because some people do that. Yeah. It's like they're going every month, like eight months out of the year, they're going to a new place. And then they go home and live with their parents for a few months of the year, whatever it might be. But um, I, I couldn't do that because I was pretty burned out of moving every month after about six months of doing it. I was yeah. like, There's, it's going to probably run its course pretty quickly with me. Um, and I think it, it takes a certain person, a person that is really adventurous and really just kind of a, a free spirit to yeah. kind of live that. And 
you know what, that's really not that conducive to business a lot of the time. Well, that's what I was thinking because it seems to me when you're sort of in the building phase of a business, when you're trying to build your audience, you're trying to build your revenues, you're creating products, mm -hmm. you're doing your marketing in whatever form that you're doing and so on and so forth. I mean, that's a lot of work. And it seems to me that that's not really compatible with traveling. I mean, I could be wrong, but no, you're you right. Agree? I would totally agree. I mean, if you go to a new city, let's say you're staying there for a 30 day period, that first week, like you're going out, you're exploring every day, you're going out every night, you got to find date spots, you got to set up dates, you got to figure yeah. out your logistics, you got to figure out which stores are good. That first week is automatically just pretty much shot. And then if you want to do a little bit of general tourist stuff as well, I mean, that can extend into other weeks. And then I mean, I found it that if I'm leaving a place, those first like you know, those last three to five days before leaving, I'm pretty antsy. Like yeah. it's hard to focus. Like I'm you know trying to get organized, so it's like you automatically lose a third of a month. I would say you're, yeah. where you're really not going to get very much done. Yeah, absolutely. But I suppose someone like Victor from Bold and Determined, when I've read his articles, he said he went and lived in China for mm -hmm. the first year or something, and he said I live like no one else would, so that yeah. I could then live like no one else could, mm -hmm. which I think is the is the phrase. So I suppose that was the less glamorous side of it in a way. He wasn't saying, yeah, I went, I went around the world and partied. He was mm -hmm. saying, I went, and, I went somewhere really cheap and kind of sat in a hotel room for <laughs> a year, <laughs> you, you yeah. know, a year and wrote blog posts, which is probably nearer to the reality of it, I guess, but for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's the problem though, too, is that, that, that creativeness, you kind of need to be out a little bit. Like I would have yeah. a hard time being holed up in here all day, all the time. Like after a while you do get burned out of it. So it's yeah. something to keep in mind. And the other thing as well is if you're doing a sort of a lifestyle website, like, like you, you mm -hmm. are, and you know, I am and other people in this space do, then if you haven't got anything interesting to talk about, then it's sort of that, what are you, you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you kind of need to feel it as well. So it's, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting sort of problem or it's an interesting, there's different conflicting sort of elements at, at play. It's I a think balance. It yeah. yeah. It is a balance. Yeah. And in terms of what you, and what we both, I guess, talk about, I mean, we probably came into this talking about dating largely, yeah. didn't we? And sort of game and, and, and everything else, like a lot of guys did. These days you're talking about that a, a bit, but you also talk a, a lot about business and, and specific sides of business as well, like, mm -hmm. like affiliates and um, niche sites and, uh, Latterly getting into drop shipping, as well as things like travel and you know increasing your relationships and stuff. I mean, I was listening to some of these podcasts this morning actually, and they were saying the truth is that whatever you start talking about when you start out, the reality is you, the likelihood is you're going to outgrow that. Yeah, you know you're going to want to talk about other things. What's your view on on pivoting for people who are created online brand? For Eventually you're going to need to because you're probably going to run out of things to talk about with whatever you're getting into at the start. And so you reach a certain point and I've seen this a lot with the dating scene is that yeah. you eventually kind of run out of things to say or there's just nothing new to say that nobody else has said before. So you can try to like draw specifics from your own experiences and kind of put your own spin on it. But eventually, yeah, you're going to probably want to branch out. And then of course a byproduct of dating is eventually you're probably going to meet a girl you actually get along with pretty well and then you don't have yes. all the new experiences experiences and all the crazy stories to tell on a weekly or a daily basis. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, with that being said, I, I kind of believe that like 1000 true fans phenomenon where mm. if you like you're going to resonate with some people and you're and people are going to hate you and people are going to love you yeah. so those people that love you are really going to stick with you no matter what it is and i've seen that transition throughout everything i've done that the guys that started reading me back in 2013 are still there and they're yeah. on board with the business stuff and the travel stuff and um, when i talk about game they're still into that but yeah. you know those people that really resonate with you and whatever message they are putting out there for the world you know they're going to stick with you through yeah. whatever you're talking about. 
No, I think that's right. Did you ever get any pushback from people saying, well, hang on a minute, I thought you were all about game, and now you're suddenly you're talking about niche stuff? No, I never really have. No, because it's, mm. it kind of all ties in, too. I mean, yeah. the way I've done it at least was, okay, here's game, and then here's game in the West, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm tired of girls in the West, so I'm going to go out to Eastern Europe and get girls there. But to do that, I've got to build a business. So, yeah. And I think really what what's at the core of all of these different things is, is freedom. Yes. Freedom between a, able to pick the woman you want or the women you want, freedom from the corporate job, freedom to see the world. It's, it's what it all comes down to. It's just freedom. It's that one word. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think, I think that's a key thing. And I, certainly that's a key thing for, you know, my message. And mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people in this space, because I suppose a very broad definition of the red pill, if you like, is to say you see the reality mm-hmm. of the you see the reality of various things. So you see the reality of the dating marketplace, but you also see the reality of business. You see the reality of the corporate world. You see the reality of you know all of these different things. And you know, I think guys increasingly are just getting sick of feeling that they have to live a life that they don't really want to live. Yeah, and that's just the no. thing. It's all the advice that we get growing up is based off of what our parents or grandparents saw, but the fact of the matter is it's very different. Like, yeah. you know, we're no longer finding girls in churches that you know yes. have been with one guy in their whole life, and there's no option to come home at the end of the day to your wife and your kids. So it's like you have to adjust. you got to do things a little bit differently. And like you said, it's the red pill is looking at that from a, a realistic perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you were saying, th- this is all the different strands that you've explored and you continue to explore have all worked because you've sort of unified it underneath your your personal brand. So mm-hmm. you are Kyle Trouble and people yep. people who love your stuff love your stuff and so they'll follow you, you know, regardless of what you're yep. talking about. To, exactly. to an extent. I mean if you start talking about gardening tips maybe it will It might be a little off. Yeah. <laughs> but But if um, I used gardening tips as a way to get chicks, it would all make sense. It would. Or building a business around gardening. See, you can tie anything in. Yeah, anything. you can tie it. Yeah, it's true. You can, you can tie almost anything in. Yeah. Um, really. But you've got to establish that firm sort of personal brand Foundation. first. So yeah. this is, and we were saying yesterday, this has become quite a trendy topic at the moment. A lot of people talking about, yeah, my personal brand, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. If you're a guy who's just starting out, you've never done anything, and you want to, you think, yes, I want to make a personal brand. I want to build a business around myself and my life and my, mm-hmm. my views and so on. But what, what would your advice be for how to get started? You got to be interesting, first and foremost. Like, you got to have something of a life going on, or else you're just not going to have anything to say to begin yeah. with. So, I think that was what always worked for me was my, my blog originally started as like field reports. That's like all I wrote about was like all these crazy stories I was having at nightclubs and online dates or whatever the hell else I was doing yeah. at the time. So, and you know, that's continued. But I did notice that those first, like, because I found the red pill, I started the blog, and then I got in a relationship. And, of course, things <clears throat> staled out with that until I came out here and then built the business, started traveling more. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you've just got to be interesting. That's what it yeah. comes down to. Yeah. Although I suppose even then, I mean, what if you're a guy who's, who's sitting in a cubicle in the, in the Midwest and it's, it's boring as hell, mm-hmm. but you write about that in an engaging way? There's still going to be people maybe that... Oh, there's going to be a lot of people that, that resonate with that a lot because a lot of people are in that same boat. <laughs> yeah, but and, you, then, yeah. and then you can say, and this is, but 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 this is what I'm going to do about it. This is how I'm trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, a good example of that would be um, Delicious Tacos, one of the yes. really old school guys who, yeah, yeah. you know, I've actually met him in person. Um, and you know, is he a cool, he's, he's a cool guy. He's hilarious, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I mean, and you're not going to be able to write like him, most people. Yes. But, I mean, he's got a pretty normal life, but he writes it in a fun and engaging way. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his stuff. Actually, I got his um, I got his book recently. Actually, uh-huh. he's a, he's a great writer. He really he is. is. Yeah. He's, um, did, did you read his thing about? Um, there's an article by him about working McDonald's. 
I don't remember. It's, I think it's, I did it's, a while it's all, ago. Yeah, yeah, it's just awesome. The way that he um, the way that he, he puts it together is just fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in ter- and then in terms of content, so personal branding really to me it comes down to okay this is me this is this is my life this is what I think about life mm-hmm. and now I'm going to tell the story of that in public basically that's sort of what it comes down to mm-hmm. and also in a way that's going to be helpful to other people so you can do that through various things you can do posts you, uh, articles rather on a blog you can do Twitter you can do Instagram you can do Instagram stories there's all these different formats um, so it kind of comes into two questions really about what people should do firstly look at all of your stuff I, it seems to me that you do probably less video than anything else and um, even when I was working in traditional publishing everyone was talking about video saying yeah video you know video is 80% of the internet it's going to take over everything you've been saying that for like 5 years now yeah 10 years yeah, maybe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so what's your view on that do you think that's do you think video essential not essential I don't really do much video so I can't sit here and say it's absolutely essential I think it's definitely a worthwhile platform um at the same time, it's it's a lot of shouting, and it's I think <clears throat> writing is where people can really resonate with you, and you kind of want those people who are going to be very loyal to you, not somebody who's just browsing your YouTube and subscribes. You want the people that really understand you. So, yeah. video I don't think does it quite as well as writing, just because it hasn't been around as long. You know, people have been reading books for centuries, and yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. But you're right. I mean, I've been hearing for years now that YouTube's all the thing. You know, that's where the money is, and it is. I'm not going to deny that, but it just hasn't been for me. I haven't really mm. gone that route, and I don't yeah. have any regrets. Personally. I mean, is, is it is it better to play to your strengths? Because this is something that I've been thinking about. Because mm-hmm. I suppose my my strength is probably as a writer. You know, then after that, maybe you know, podcasting is okay, and then video. You know, I think I need to, to work on on video to, to mm-hmm. be honest to get better in front of camera and everything else. And I believe that you can get good at, at anything if you put in enough time. Yeah. You know, the ten thousand hours rule you know and i'm sure if i really smashed it on video i could get better i could get good you know and 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 whatever but ultimately there's only so many hours in the day so is it better for somebody to play to their strengths and say well actually i'm a really good presenter on video i'm I'm awesome on youtube but i'm not a very good writer so should that person just smash it on youtube absolutely yeah no i would totally agree with that but here's the other thing about you know so i have a webcam right here in front of us right now we could turn it on but is that enough these days to be in front of your webcam? I don't think it is. Like everybody's walking around and they've got their selfie sticks and they're recording themselves talking all the time. And I don't know about you, but yeah. despite the fact that my life is really out there on the internet, I'm, I'm kind of a private person. Yeah. I don't want to walk around my city here with a camera in front of me yeah. just talking and talking. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason is that I don't want to be the guy who just sits in front of his webcam and presents. I could do that, but it just, I don't know. There's That doesn't have the sex appeal to me. It doesn't really, although I suppose on the other side of it, you've got people like Gary Vaynerchuk who are sort of like, yeah, man, you've got to get on Instagram stories six times mm-hmm. a day and shoot, you know, and, and it, it almost, his view as I understand it is almost that he talks about documenting rather than creating. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost that each piece of content you put out, it doesn't have to be this beautifully created sort of video. It mm-hmm. could just be you sitting in the subway talking, you know, because that's still creating a, a, a connection with your with your audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I'm sort of on the fence about that really because that means that you're putting out a lot of content that's probably not very good, but on the other hand, you are constantly out there. So maybe yeah, that's, I think uh, it's better to, and so a lot of people get stuck in the, the perfection, like it's gotta yeah. be perfect. And I'm like, it's always better to put out 
things that are 90% perfect and out there than 99% perfect and not out there. So yeah. I think that is key, and I definitely see that point. Um, and that's the way I do it, too. Like, when I do podcasts, I don't really do much editing. When I do do the videos, I usually just hit record, and then I upload it. I don't add an intro. I don't do <clears throat> transitions. I just yeah. go. Um, and part of that comes down to time, too. Yeah. Like, videos take a lot of time, and it's infinitely harder to get good video than good audio. Yes. Like, you know, I have a $100 setup here that we're using right now, and this sounds, you know, almost studio quality. Yeah. And to have professional video is just, it's a whole other ballgame. It's a lot yeah. more time intensive. Well, it, it is, because I'm, I'm friends with a guy who's quite a big YouTuber, and... Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, how long to edit a 10 minute video? Well, his editing skills are really good, yeah. but he will take he will spend hours okay. to edit a 10 exactly. a 10 minute video. So a good 10 minute video could take 7 8 hours more maybe more, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. Um, and one other thing. Yeah. Like in our sphere, I mean, it's only YouTube. So everyone's saying video, 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 but what's the one that builds the audience that has the built-in algorithms? It's all YouTube. And so mm. if you but you put all your eggs in that basket, all it takes is one pissed off person at YouTube who says, yeah, I don't really like Kyle's content. Like that Troy guy he seems like a bit of a dick. See you later. And that's it. Like, yes. You're gone. Um, yeah. And some people might say there's other platforms out there, but I really don't think there is on yeah. that level. What about um, Instagram have just released a, a video product, mm-hmm. I think. Um, do you see that as coming into, as, as going to become a big player? I mean, it seems like Instagram... Has has really won the battle with Snapchat, hasn't it? it seems like, and, so. and, and it certainly seems to be superseding even Facebook now. Mm-hmm. So, do you think people should be looking at that, or? I think they should, but then it also comes down to you know what's the consumer behavior. So you've got to have a, a clear goal of what you're going to do. So if you're yeah. on an Instagram story, is the goal to get someone to your sales page? And if so, are they going to read your whole sales page and go through your checkout right there on their phone? Some people will, but some won't. Like, do you need to get them on an email list? So you've really mm. got to do all of this with a, a target in mind. Yeah. Not just I'm posting for the sake of posting, but I'm posting with the goal of getting someone to take the next step. And yes. I do believe, like, when I look at my data, I'm like, the majority of my transactions are still on desktop yes. as far as okay. purchasing. They're not, people aren't going through their phone to complete the whole registration and checkout purpose. That's, um, they do on Amazon, but yeah. not with what we do always. That's interesting. But what about the idea that doing all this additional stuff, like doing your Instagram stories and stuff, is just building the brand? Do you, do you believe in that, or do you think everything should really come back to a call to action? Yeah, and I do believe, too, in putting them out there as much as you can. So a lot of times, if I do a video, it's it's a video and a podcast. Yeah. And then I have it transcribed and I put that on my blog or offered as a yeah. bonus to subscribers or something of the sort. So I believe that you should spread across multiple platforms, but you have to find a way to put those same ideas at least across them because that will save you a lot of time. Yeah. You have to yeah. be efficient about it. And some yeah. people might say, oh, that's cheating. You can't put your podcast on YouTube. And I mean, to that, it's like people consume this stuff in different ways. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, no, you're right. And you, we've all only got one central message in a sense. I mean, there mm-hmm. might be lots of different strands to it, but ultimately we're, we're saying the same thing. So why not just say that across all of different, them. Pla- yeah, different exactly. platforms? Some people like to tweet, some people like to use Instagram, some like YouTube. Yeah. Um, you know, cater as many people as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about email for a second because you're big on email now. I'm on your, your list. Um, in fact, have you got more than one list or have you just got the one? I do a business and then like a lifestyle right. one. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I have yeah. two, one email list, but two messages. And you you segment between people on the list, do you? Yeah, most people are on like, so I have basically a, a lifestyle is what I call it, which is like girls dating, expat life, that kind yeah. of general stuff. And then in the evenings, I also send out like a 
online business email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So most people are on the lifestyle, but there's a pretty good chunk now that are on the business list. Yeah, yeah. Um, so email seems like quite, it's become quite a, well, it's always been a hot, it's always been an essential part of an online business because yeah. everyone always says, you know, the money's in the list, you've got to build your list, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I'm fully behind that. But email, but it seems like the, the daily email thing has become quite fashionable recently yeah. <laughs> with a lot of people uh, that we probably know uh, talking about daily emails online and sort of Ben Settle and uh, I think it's been a major inspiration. I'm, I'm now doing a daily email as well and I've seen some good benefits from it so far, but mm-hmm. have, what, what are your thoughts on, on daily? Did you ever think, oh, this is a bit of a risk because people are going to get fed up or? No, because I don't really care. If, they're, <laughs> if they don't like it, then whatever. That's yeah, kind of yeah, my yeah. attitude. But it was pretty easy for me and I mean, probably for you as well because I was blogging every day. So yeah. it really wasn't that hard. It actually got easier. Because it was like, oh, rather than needing a thousand words and putting in images and you know making everything nice and pretty, I'm just gonna write an email in Notepad and then hit send, and that's really what it it started as, and it actually got quite a bit easier. So, yeah, I I do wonder because you know on Twitter and other spaces we're seeing a lot of people doing daily emails. I do wonder if people are gonna get burned out of it, but I also know. You know, you've seen this too. I've seen mm. how many people have started blogs in the last five years, yeah. and they start getting traction, and then six months later, they're just gone. So I have zero doubt that the, you know, the attrition rate will fall on the yeah. emails as well. Yeah, no, I'm sure that will be the case. But I think it's sort of, it, it, it's it's getting to a mindset, and Alexander Cortez talks about this on Twitter, um, where, and I think he's right, where you can create content out of anything. And I think you, the one thing I like about your emails is you do that. So you'll tell a little story about something that's happened to you during the day and then you'll kind of pull it back around to your core subject or, you know, to a sales message, but not, not even necessarily that. It's just making it, bringing it back to some sort of re- mm-hmm. relevance. Do you think guys have to, or people getting into online business have to find a way to be able to create content just out of everything that happens? Yeah, I think you need to be able to take inspiration from anything. So, yeah. I mean, right now, if, if you gave me a list of 10 random things, I'm pretty sure I could find a way to spin almost all of them into something about what I talk about on a consistent yeah. basis. So, and that's the thing, that creative juice and that power that you're able to do that once you're out of that corporate job. It really does help. Like you yeah. just have a lot more brain power and you're able to kind of draw from these different things that, that seems like it gets muffled a lot in a corporate yeah. environment. Yeah, I've done a couple of emails recently just over things that I've seen as I've been traveling. So mm-hmm. I saw a, I saw some graffiti or a sticker the other day. I took a photograph of it and then I sent it out on the email list and I wrote a, a piece mm-hmm. just talking about that. You know, so you can take inspiration from anywhere. And I think because what particularly what the sorts of things that we're talking about, it's so broad in a sense because yeah. it's about life. It's about okay, freedom. How do I live a life of freedom? How do I you know in terms of my relationships, my mm-hmm. business, and everything else? There's so many things you can pull into that. That's just the thing. It's like you know, personal branding is all about just, it's about you. Yeah. So it's like, you know, fashion that goes towards game, you know, wealth goes towards game. I mean, everything, you can tie almost anything together in the world. Yeah. If you do it right. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on just to talk about girls and relationships um, for a little bit. So you're, you're now in a relationship mm-hmm. um, with, with a girl from Ukraine, yep. I believe, um, and you're living together in, in Eastern Europe. Um, what was it like to transition? Because obviously you'd gone from a position of being, don't want to say you know a player in a negative sense, but you were a, yeah. you were a guy who was doing game and you were you were meeting different girls and stuff. And then to go into a relationship was that was that hard or how did you make that transition? Um, it's always going to be an adjustment. It's certainly not easy. Um, and I think the 
there's all these laws that we like to put out there about the red pill and how you should always treat girls, your relationships. And the fact of the matter is that you can't put everything in a box. Yeah. Not everything is black and white. So you have to make some compromises. You have to be willing to not change anything about yourself, but accept things about her or yourself that it's not that perfect red pill model yes. all the time. And that's just yeah. life. You know, life just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, with that being said, if you get the right girl, it, it makes <clears throat> things easier to an extent. Like mine has been on my podcast. She knows about my blog. She doesn't care. She's over it. Mm. Um, so the right person can really make that a little bit easier. Yes. Um, and it does free up a lot of time, too. I mean, just chasing <laughs> girls is really time-consuming. I don't think people realize that, but it, it is. <laughs> it really is. And um, if you're then... <laughs> one of the ironies about sort of building a, a content business around it is that the amount of time that the the girl chasing bit takes <laughs> detracts from the time that you right. can actually do the business. Exactly. So it's kind of like, how do you... Uh, <laughs> Unless you want to film yourself, I guess that yes. kind of works. But yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I think a lot of guys that that do it, that are dating coaches, and they make a, you know, they have a, they, a lot of those guys are on YouTube and they're filming it, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's less labor intensive than doing a lot of the writing that that, that we do. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be going on dates every week, you better be writing field reports about it. If yeah. that's the goal, I mean, that's going to make things a lot easier. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's it's not even just the actual time chasing girls. It's the time of just dealing with the ups and downs and the flaking and just all the general BS that goes around it, too. And, yeah. I mean, that's just the thing. It, how many people are you really going to click with and be compatible with, too? I mean, out of every 10 numbers you get on the street, how many do you actually really want to spend more than a few dates with? Yeah. You know, every time you go out, you know, night game, how many times do you really get solid leads? And then, you're, you know, your whole next day is shot, potentially, too. So yeah. it's all yeah. about cost-benefit. But I do believe, like, you have to handle that part of your life. Yes. Like plain and simple. Like you've got to put in those hours and that yes. shit work for as long as it takes. What would you advise a guy who perhaps isn't ready or doesn't want to get into a, a long-term relationship or a serious relationship yet, um, but he's building a business and he wants a sex life? Would you say compartmentalize? So would you say take a couple of days, you know, a couple of days a week to go out and do some game and mm-hmm. then the rest of the week work? Or would you say, or would you break it up by day? So in the day, do your work in the morning, in the afternoon? Or- I get into a routine, no matter yeah. what. So it all depends. Like, you know, we can talk about day game, night game, online game and debate all the merits, but find a system that works yeah. that you can keep turning over. So if you like partying, then find that one bar, that one club and get it on lock yeah. and know people. And that way, every time you go, it's a good time whether or not you meet a girl. Like yeah. the real sunk cost is when you like day game, you wander around a place and you don't see any leads <clears> and you've wasted a whole day exploring a new area. Night game, it's going to the shitty clubs that you don't end up liking. So find yeah. the spots or the venues that work for you that even if you don't have the girl success that night or that day, that you at least had a good time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think that's good. I think that's good advice. Uh, certainly for me, uh, it, was, it, it was a problem earlier on sort of balancing the two things. Yeah. Know? And that's why, you know, I seeing a girl in London, you start to, you start to um, get into, you, you naturally either tend towards getting into something a bit more serious or mm-hmm. you, you deviate and um, you know, your business goes down the plan basically. And that's the thing too, it's, you can't keep a relationship in like purgatory forever. You yeah. know, it's just, girls don't allow it. You know, you can set those friends with benefit rules, but eventually someone catches the feelings and yes. you've got to move it either, either cut it off or move it to an, another level. And that's time consuming as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've got a new product that you're working on, I think, mm-hmm. called the Girlfriend Blueprint. Um, can you tell us about that? 
Yeah. What's the, what's the status with that? I don't know. I've kind of shifted back towards relationship. And I think, again, this is like going back to personal branding. And first I was into game, then I moved abroad, and then I ended up in a, a pretty solid relationship. And you just met her as well, briefly. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. It's I think guys are now like realizing that a lot of people, especially as we keep transitioning and getting older, like a lot of guys are wanting families out there. Yeah. And they want to have a wife and kids. And so I have gotten a lot of requests because they've heard her on the podcast. They've heard me talk about her. Like, how did you meet her? How did you set this up? How? What's your day-to-day life with her? How do you keep your relationship yeah. in a good place? Um, so that's what the, the course is going to be about is... It's really actually going to be a lot about like social circle because I think a mm. lot of guys just aren't happy with the options they're getting. So it's going to be like, okay, how do you first generate more dates and generate better chances with higher quality women? And then, of course, how do you keep it at arm's length for at least a little while, make her chase you, and then, of course, actually get into the relationship and manage it on a higher level? Yeah, yeah, in- indeed. I mean, there's a load of content there that I think is really is really interesting for a lot of guys because it's funny because the, the game space is a, is a bit polarized isn't it because mm-hmm. on the one hand you've got these guys who just want to meet as many girls as they can and have a very sort of you know debauched sort of time and, mm-hmm. and you know, be promiscuous and whatever but increasingly now we're seeing a lot of guys who have a very different view of it you know and, and mm-hmm. actually there's, a, there's quite a conservative um, side coming out as well of people who do just want to meet a you know a, a high quality woman and settle down and mm-hmm. all the rest of it so there's definitely, um, and most, and the reality is as well, most guys don't remain players for life. It's hard. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of energy. Yeah. I mean, most guys don't. Most guys end up in some sort of relationship in in the end, whether it's an open relationship or it's sort of you know, most guys will end up deviating to or not deviating will end up going to to, to, to more of a normal sort of. Com- stable mm-hmm. setup well and that's the thing too if you look back on history the guys who were playboys like steve mcqueen james hunt like mm. they are famous yes. because most men want to have a family and kids and that's just that's biology for you like yeah. we're programmed yeah. to want that so it's always been the guys who could truly be lifelong players they were you know the exception it wasn't common now it's become like you know a lot of guys are but it's can they maintain it for their whole life yeah and you know the common trend amongst those guys too is a lot of them they lived crazy lives they were famous and they also died pretty young yeah so that's something to keep in mind as well yeah yeah um so another strand of what you talk about obviously and what you Kind of pioneered talking about really, um, or, or certainly after certainly after Rush was talking about it um, a long time ago, is this idea about traveling, um, going to meet girls in different places, and particularly, I guess, leaving the West. Mm-hmm. You know, leaving California where things are a certain way, and going to Eastern Europe where things are very different. And um, they certainly are very different over here, aren't they? You certainly. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, people—I I don't know—people talk about the Westernization of Eastern Europe and so on, but I have to say, going. In my travels, even from from the UK, going east and, and particularly going into Russia, I mean, it, you know, things are still there's still there's still a yeah. gulf there in terms of traditionalness compared with the West. Yeah, I think even though from when I first went to Poland in 2014, and now I see a difference. Really? I definitely do, um, and I think guys are just going to continue going deeper into these countries. But here's the other thing: is that we are reaching a point now where online dating and just the internet, it's like hypergamy is global now Mm. you know girls from russia can go on seeking arrangement and meet any guy they want potentially so that's the thing too 
um, you know, dating is not going to go back to how it was. And so you mm. can either just get on board and, and become the best guy you can, or you can just complain about it. So, yeah, but that's what it's going to come down to is that you are now going to be dating on a global level, but things aren't changing. Girls are still going to want the top 10, top 20% guys. So what you need to do is put yourself in that category. Plain yes. and simple. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the dating abroad po podcast, mm -hmm. uh, is a great show. Um, it's helped a lot of guys and I find it really, you know, useful to listen to or interesting to listen to just to hear guys from different locations talking about their experiences in that particular mm -hmm. place and you know what the what the culture's like, what the girls are like, what the um, you know the entertainment scenes like, and everything else. Um, what any news on that? What are your plans with that going forward? Yeah, that show it's it's just been fun, you know, because I'm. I'm an engineer at heart, I'm a computer nerd, so I like looking at all the data and realizing how different all these places are, um, especially yeah. since I grew up in California and spent my whole life there. Like, I find it fascinating how different people are in different places, so yeah. that's been my way of, um, you know, I don't want to get into culture too deeply, but, you know, dating is fun, I like it, I understand it, so it's been yeah. my kind of, I guess, contribution to society, I guess you could say, where I'm, I'm kind of trying to break down all the different dating barriers and differences in different places. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, though, that some guys have a, coming from the West, and maybe particularly from the States, have a skewed idea of what it's going to be like when they get to Europe? Do you think that there's still this idea that, yeah, I'm just going to step off the plane in Poland and it's going to be this kind of... Yeah, it's going to rain down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think some guys really do because I get emails all the time. Like, I went to this place and the girls didn't like me. I'm like, well, how many approaches <laughs> did you make? I made, yeah. like, one. I'm like, well, okay, I don't know what you're expecting with that. But... I think it used to be, you know, used to have that gringo factor in South America, used to have all this exotic factor. And again, as flights get cheaper and as internet dating takes more precedent, like that's disappearing. Like, yeah. You got to figure a girl from even some small village in Poland has an Instagram, which yeah. means that all these guys from all over the world are sliding into her DMs. So that's yes. something to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Globalization is, uh, you know, we're not going to turn back the uh, the clock. I <laughs> yeah, don't it's, think it's, on that. It's started. But you've got a new book coming out as well. Yeah. Long legs and high heels. Yep. Uh, so that is stories from Eastern Europe. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a, a compilation of all the old dating posts that I have in Eastern Europe, different areas, and um, I've added a few other short stories as well. But it's mostly just regurgitated blog posts that are going into a book format. And again, that goes back to, to content and personal branding. Like it's going to go on Amazon, where yeah. all these new people can find me. Um, you know, even though the old readers may not have that much new to read, it's another platform. It's another way to draw eyes to my work. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's the other thing about being on multiple platforms as well is, well, I guess we touched on this really, but it's 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 a safety me mm -hmm. mechanism as much as anything, isn't it? Because yeah. if one platform goes down, then you've got your other platform and, you know, and we need, like with all things in life, I think like with dating, business is the same, you know, you need to, uh, you need to spread yourself around a bit so yeah. that you've got different Balance. options. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all, it's all about creating options for yourself, isn't it, I think. Um, so it's yeah we've got had some really great insights into into business and how you you know how, how you view it and everything and you you you've, you've got to a pretty good space in your business now yeah. mm -hmm. I think haven't you where you've you've you outsource to certain people you've got some employees I think yep I have two so would you look at scaling I mean how do you see the future would you look at scaling further do you want to keep it fairly lean is it sort of I want to keep it lean because I hate most people and I don't really want to work with a lot of people. So yes. that's just it. I was 
actually just tweeting about this the other day. If you gave me the choice of like a hundred thousand dollars, but having to manage fifty people or fifty k in two, like I'd take the fifty. Yeah. Um, and again, it comes down to that that freedom. This, the yeah. point that it becomes work, and I'm tied to it, and it's it's taking away from what I can do is going to be the point where I'll I'll probably step it back a little bit. Yeah. And I just that's the way I live, and that's the way I want to be. Um, you know, I would re- much rather be a, a solo guy making a, a very comfortable living than a millionaire, but dealing with all headaches all times of the day. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And I sometimes wonder whether people that want to have a big staff and everything, whether there's an element of ego in that. I think so. Yeah, mm. I, maybe not necessarily. Well, but it, it, to be fair, whenever I say something like that, somebody comes back and says, yeah, but you can't scale in certain industries unless you've got, you got know, a team. So. Yeah, I think... In the online digital space, you can get to a million dollars a year with a small team, like yes. under five. I think that's yeah, yeah. viable. Um, mm-hmm. Anything above that, maybe. But even some of the guys that are really successful with like blogging, like let's say Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income, yeah. and many other niches, like they still have pretty small teams of less than 10 people, yeah. and they're doing good money. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I mean, I don't ever want to have to actually rent an office space and deal with equipment and you know deal with a, a huge payroll. That's just not for me. Yeah. I like simple things. Yeah, fair enough. So to wrap up, if there was something that you could have told yourself before you got into this, if the, before you started all of this, before you started the business, before you moved, mm-hmm. is there any piece of advice you would have given your younger self to say, I would, I would do it like this, or I would do it like this, or here's something to avoid, or something of that kind? It would have been to really learn to just not care what people think and be willing to yeah. take those risks. But at the same time, there's a... A certain recklessness that you don't want to reach into so calculated risks are good taking risks for the sake of taking risks are bad so you know probably the biggest advice would have been be willing to buck the trend like mm. if i if it was now like college was a little bit more affordable when i was there i mean that was almost 10 years ago now yeah uh, but it would be willing to look outside the box a little bit and be willing to break what you're supposed to do Yes. I mean, even now, it's like I'm, I'm 27. I'm supposed to be like married with a kid, working a job, putting money in a 401k. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And I'm far more free and probably financially successful than most people my age at this point, yes. um, especially yeah. everyone I went to college with. So that would be the biggest thing. Is, yeah, because a, lo- a lot of those barriers are in your head, aren't they? And a lot yeah. of them and probably it's a, pro- a lot of them is to do with friends, but probably more than that family, I would think, is is a big one for a lot of people. Or this perception of what your family is going to think. And mm-hmm. I suppose it's sort of being able to just say, well, OK, maybe they'll think that, but this is my life and I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, it's hard to break family. That's And that's just the thing. It's like it's going back. If you look back at history, you've always been part of clans and tribes, and you lived together your whole life. Yeah. You weren't supposed to go do something totally different. You were supposed to take over dad's business and, you know, marry someone else in the village, and that was it. And so it now takes tremendous balls to get out of that. Yes. And it's, yeah. it's not easy. Yes. And now, of course, we're able to not only move out of the village, but move to a different country. Different country, yeah, yeah. different part of the world. Um, So I guess people that are doing this, I mean, there's there's awesome opportunity, but it's also, I suppose it's worth recognizing that this is, this is all something that's never really been done before. It's only really our generation, if you like, that's had the opportunity to do all of this with the technology that we've got. Correct, yeah. That's the thing too, you you gotta realize, when did commercial flying 
become viable, economically yeah. viable for everybody. Yeah. It's the last decade. Yeah. Like back to 2000, it was expensive to fly across the country. Yeah. And now it's like you can hop from London over to Eastern Europe for like $25. Yeah. This is all new. It's There's no precedent at all. Yes. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're at the... We're at the front. We're at the frontier. You know, we're pushing mm-hmm. forwards. Um, but, but you know, very exciting times. And, and there's the thing I would say just to finish off. There's massive opportunity now. I mean, even sort of like you say, 10, 15 years ago, there just wasn't the opportunity mm-hmm. to do what we're doing now. To build a brand online. To build a business online in this in the same way. To sell digital products. There's incredible opportunity here. I mean, do you think? that do you have a message for people who are listening do you think people should go out and grasp this with both hands or do you think it's it's still very much down to attitude i think the biggest thing is that you have to realize that war of attrition like again i've seen so many people that started blogs and they start getting traction and then they they just give up a few months later so if you're willing to stick with something for five years like you and i have you'll get somewhere eventually um that doesn't excuse not doing your market research that doesn't excuse you know slacking off and not doing things properly but simple consistency will get you really really far um yeah as far as the digital space i do think things are gonna go i I think like again that content it's gonna keep going because people are starting to wake up to what college is Yes. And they're saying, hmm, do I want to go pay $50,000 to take this guy's entrepreneurship degree? Or do I want to spend a couple thousand dollars on courses from people that actually are running businesses? Yeah, and actually doing it. Exactly. So yeah. I think, you know, skipping college is going to probably become more trendy and people are going to look for alternative means of education. And if you can provide that, then certainly, you know, there's an, an opportunity for you too. But, you know, there's so many different things you can get into now. There's technology spaces, you know, more software is popping up every day. Um, yeah, as of now, the opportunities are pretty much limitless, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, an exciting time to be alive, definitely, without Absolutely. a doubt. Um, so I think we've come to the end, really. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say, or would you like to let people know where they can find you and you know how to yeah. get into the world of trouble? Yep, so if you want to get on my business newsletter, um, which is probably the most relevant to what we've been talking about, just go to thisistrouble.com slash business and sign up there. And then I send out the daily emails every night about whatever I'm doing with the business. Awesome stuff. Cool. Um, well, Carl, thanks ever so much. Absolutely. It's been wonderful to speak to you, and thanks ever so much for um, for uh, inviting me over. And yep. um, yeah, it's been a really great conversation. I look forward to seeing more content from you coming in the uh, in the future. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and we're going to record an episode of the Dating Abroad podcast now too. Indeed, so we are. We'll talk about London. All Good right, guys. Stuff. Cheers. Bye bye.